just dematerialize to avoid their detection beams and slip in quietly. Uh, I thought you said they were friendly. Friendly? I just think it'd be overwhelmingly so. And why are we slipping in quietly? Jamie, some of the most brilliant scientists in the universe have assembled here to work together in pure research. I don't want them to know that I've arrived. Why not? Think of the commotion. They'll all be scrambling around wanting my autograph. No, 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 I just want a quiet word with old Astari, head of projects. <clears throat> right then. Ah! Splendid. We've hit contaminous time again. Well, we've certainly hit something. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. Doctor Who, we're talking about The Two Doctors, which stars Colin Baker and Patrick Troughton as The Doctor. And uh, Written by Robert Holmes. Robert Holmes, 1986. 85. 85, that's close. Season 22. Season 22. And uh, to do the, the Two Doctors, another excuse for John Nathan Turner to go on a vacation somewhere other than England, so he... Goes to Spain. Goes to Spain, as he got away with that. Which they originally tried to go to um, New Orleans, but they couldn't do that. So. Yeah. That's right, they wanted to go to New Orleans. New Orleans. Well, the next year, one of the aborted stories, they wanted to go to Singapore. <laughs> In the Philippines, I was just like, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was... They can't even do that these days. So. Well, they probably could. The Jonathan Turner was good at trying to, to get that. It was good to see them get out of the country and go somewhere else, but did it really add that much to it? No, he just wanted to go on vacation. He wanted to go on vacation, yeah, but I mean... And not have to pay for it. But I mean, <laughs> he goes to Seville, and I mean, there's some stuff there. He could place anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it just... And the point of it is, they're like, well, where do you want to go? Does it matter? Okay, Earth. Okay, we'll just go here. So it's like, they're trying to make it almost like there was no purpose for them to be there. You know, if you're going to film something that's historically taking place in Spain or something, that's when you go, but they, instead it's just like, we'll go to some disused villa or something and just hang out in the fields with moths or yes. whatever. But, so, <laughs> well, um, this is his last paid vacation, so I yeah. guess it's... So this episode, six parts, well, it's a six-parter or it's a two-parter. It's I count six because they also have made it into a six-parter, but it's the same uh, length as a six-parter. Yeah, right? When they showed it in the United States, it was a six-parter. Uh, see, I, I assumed it was going to be two parts because that season all the Colin Bakers was like two parts. And then I look at my DVD and it was like three parts, and I'm like, oh, I forgot that it was three episodes. Yeah, so 90 minutes would be four episodes, or in this case, the format's different, so it's two 45 minutes. 3.45 minutes, you have the, uh, it's, I, I count it like a six-parter, but it's... Oh, yeah, it is. It's like a six-parter. Yeah, so, but it's longer, anyways. And, um, what did everyone think? Oh, I like it, even though it's kind of cheesy and violent. A lot of violence. Very dark and violent. I think Patrick Troughton being there was a definite plus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not... I, I think out of all the actors that play Doctor Who, and I don't mean to offend Colin Baker, but I think the Sixth Doctor is my least favorite. Um, because of his characterization, he's just pompous and, and crotchety. Kind of like a combination of William Hartnell and John Pertwee and Tom Baker all wrapped up. But, um, you know, I, I saw this before I ever saw any of Patrick 
Trotton's original episodes. So for me, it, it um, you know, it was it didn't have such an impact on me. It was like, oh, okay, there's two two different doctors in the same story. But um, I think I'd seen Patrick Trotton first in the Five Doctors. Yeah. And then I saw him in this, and then maybe I saw the Crotons after that. Mm-hmm. So. The um. Yeah, I like Patrick Trotton a lot, and as I was watching this episode again, he's not in a lot, you know, he has a, quite a bit of time where he's not in it, but um, I thought there was so many good things. I, I like Jamie as well, so there's a lot of interaction between these characters, like, oh, your doctor's as bad as mine, and the comments and stuff like that, and later on when they meet each other, they're kind of, the, that usual banter back and forth between doctors as they're kind of ribbing each other or whatever. Yeah. So I thought, all oh, that's great stuff, you know. And then, you know, at the end, Fraser is hugging Perry or whatever and, and you know, trying to get Papa Feel or whatever he's trying yeah, to do there. Yeah, he's also trying to do it to uh, the uh, other girl. The other girl, too. Yeah. Uh, Oscar's... Uh, <laughs> Anita there. Anita. Yeah, yeah he, he was... He so she kisses Colin Baker and then he's like, yeah, and, like and then she's like, "Bye." She just goes away. So, supposedly, this episode, this story, takes place between Fury and the Fury of the Deep and the Wheel in Space. Well, we don't know that for sure. Well, they were talking about Victoria just leaving, but the thing is, it no. doesn't explain why the his, Time Lords are sending him on this mission. His hair is grayed, and Jamie's older. You know, I can suspend my belief for you know disbelief. Well, there's fan theory that this takes place after the war games that they use him as their agent because he's talking about the time words and how he's in exile and all that yeah so well there's a lot of continuity problems first off they dropped her off to do something did they drop her off to do something originally because they they Victoria? said specifically we dropped her off to learn something in a school and that's not the Is reason why. Oh, I thought that I yeah. thought that was when she left uh, to join the. Um, no. Because Jamie says, "Are we able? Are we going to be able to go pick her up?" Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a temporary thing, and, right. and then so in theory they do get they get her back, so that explains why she's not there. But when I first saw this, I thought Fraser Hines. Yeah, he's older, but it, 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 he wasn't. Wasn't that much older? Yeah. Not like he is. You know, he doesn't look like the way he does now. Yeah. Like I mean, he, and Patrick Fountain did have gray hair. I mean, you know, obviously you have to kind of suspend some, some of that. But um, but he was right back into the character, like and yeah. like he never left. It was yeah. great. So. Um, and then like, I think the first time Jamie hears the word Time Lords is in War Games. So yeah. Now, now he's hearing it a lot. Yeah. And Sotharans, you know. Yeah, and the other was. Um, um, the regeneration idea. I don't know if he totally grasped it in two doctors anyways, but he... Yeah. He, uh, well, he doesn't even encounter it. He doesn't even know it exists because he gets sent back to Earth before he regenerates anyways, so... And his memories erased except for his first encounter. Yeah, but he wouldn't know anything about regeneration because he didn't live... He didn't exist through one. And yeah, he came in at the Highlanders and wasn't there so the, so the 10th planet, so... So this wouldn't... So this would that that part of the continuity wouldn't be a problem, but yeah, there's a few problems with that. But um, I think they did the best they could with it, and it, it felt like you know the doctor sitting there going, "I'm here as a spokesperson for the um, time lords." Time lords. I felt like to me that that could have easily that could have been a better for Tom Baker. 
Uh, or even know, John, well, yeah, John Pertwee. Pertwee too. Maybe, because John Pertwee didn't really like the Time Lords that much. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is, but um, maybe John Pertwee, uh, and I don't, I don't know if it would have well, well, been better. Well, the fan theory always says is that they, as they do in the Force Regeneration, they pluck him out before that, and yeah. they give him, you know, a companion, Jamie Victoria, and they do stuff for the Time Lords. Are they doing that in Big Finish? Aren't they doing like the stuff like that where they're take or what was it that they, they took someone out right before the regeneration? Where where am I remembering this? Where they took someone I, I don't know. It wasn't that fan made thing with John Pertwee, was it? I don't I don't know. I am thinking more like in the new series that there was some mention of they took someone right out of maybe I'm thinking of Tom Baker in the Day of the Doctor where he's a future regeneration or something, but I, I seem to remember someone, or maybe I'm thinking Five Doctors, uh, where William Hartnell's character or uh, the first Doctor is taken, where, when's he taken out of time? Is it right before his regeneration? There was something that opened it up to like, now he can have thousands of ventures because they pulled him out of time right before he regenerated. And maybe I'm just imagining it, but that's something they could easily do for Big Finish and, and it can be you can expand on a character's adventures because you take them out before they die or before they move on to something else. But anyways, it's a little bit off topic. So I thought the the cliffhanger after episode one was the, probably the lamest. Yeah. The one where Jamie attacks her and he gets gassed and and he just in. gently just falls, in. falls into the wires. I mean that's almost as bad as Dragonfire where. Uh, so nothing McCoy, is, like no, nothing is. Worse I mean, it's, that. that's that's the worst. But this would maybe be the second worst because yeah. I mean, it looked like he like like he was just like. I mean, worse than the Colin Baker look of shock at the end of episodes of Trial of the Time Lord. Those are probably worse. Well, we don't need to get into yeah. that. But. It, was, it was bad. And, and also, I mean, okay, so how long was Jamie on the space station by himself before he regressed into an animal? And did he really need to growl and go through the vents yeah. and stuff like that? that well, was... he, he had witnessed the doctor getting killed, supposedly. So he just Pretty went sad. a little nuts. I guess. I mean, it was only a few days. I think later on they mentioned that it had only been a couple days. But it was inconsistent, because when they got there, the meat was rancid, so it had been a while. But then later on, it said, this just happened. Yeah. So it's like, well, wh which is it, you know? And But it had been a few days, because when they said they were on Earth, the doctor sits there and does quick calculations and says, you know, okay, a few days or something like that. There was a throwaway line. Yeah, it takes them the Centaur ship like two days to get there or something. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was a little bit of a stretch to, to turn that character into uh, the monster of the... That was stalking them, and then, but you know, maybe he was so traumatic of a situation that he started going crazy. Um, How do you? What do you feel about the Santar? The look of the Santarans in this episode. <laughs> I, I I like the classic look. I, I think these looks kind of on the silly side. They look not like look like they they created the masks, and then they were like. Oh, no, 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 that's not quite right. Oh, too late, we have to shoot, you know? Yeah, it was like their collars were sliding around the whole time. Heads are like... The part of the, the latex was sticking out of the back. It was just like... It was like... Uh, it, it was just hard because I thought, like... The Time Warrior, I think, was the best-looking Santarn uh, in the classic series. And these guys, it looked like their masks were flopping around and... <laughs> 
They also had like little soul patches of hair underneath their yeah. lip. Um, and I didn't like their appearance because the first one of the opening scenes where you see the ships, and I love the music again. This is like some other really good music. Um, was really exciting. I remember like, oh my god, this is really fantastic. But we didn't see them. We saw the gun, and I thought that was fantastic. Where he pointed at, at uh, the second doctor. The first appearance of the Centauran, can you remember what it is? They're, they walk in, that old woman, <laughs> and the guy, the Centauran is just standing there. There's no grand entrance or anything. He's just standing there, duh. And then the, the group marshal shows up, and he's just walking like, he, he, like, like he has walk. a stick up his butt or something like that. <laughs> group marshal! And, and it reminded me of the Centauran that we get. The co It was almost like a comedy. Where we have the guy, you know, like, oh, smelt his face with Ashton, you know, it's, it, was, it reminded me oh, of that. Strats, yeah. It was funny. It was a funny moment where it's like, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute, these sometimes aren't supposed to be funny, but it was kind of a humorous moment where they walk. It, this, it was unimpressive, but you remember, like, the, one of the favorite, my favorite appearances, entrances was Invasion of Time. That was, like, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it was, like, one of the best the, yeah. It's like, oh, you know, I conquered the monsters, they're gone. We can go home now. What's everyone looking at? And then you turn around, and if you didn't know it was a six-parter, you would be like, oh my god, the Centaurans are there. This it was a four-part, it was a six-part episode, Invasion of Time. I'm probably blowing the secret for you. And the bad guys conquered at the end of the fourth episode. So if you, you didn't know it was over. six parts, you would be done. But you turn around, and the Centaurans there, and you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I was lucky as a kid when my parents didn't make me shut off the TV because it was still going. So. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Anyway, yeah, so, yeah, they were kind of rubbishy, and uh, they were kind of tall. And, um, you know, the yeah. acid, that corrosion looked like it was just oh, primary the, green. The green stuff. Dripping. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty cool, like, after he got even more messed up coming out of the time capsule, it the carts and Ryan. It was a very burger. violent episode. There was yeah. a lot of, a lot of it was descriptive. Yeah. They were talking about how the flesh coming off the bone and stuff. And, um, you know, this is one of those episodes that they really push, you know, people, yeah, when well, people yeah. get killed, they have blood coming out and stuff like that. I mean, it. Yeah, like Oscar in the restaurant. Yeah. He takes. Shaka gets him the knife, most and you see his shirt going. <laughs> yeah. It was a hyper violent episode, especially for Doctor Who. And there was other ones, like Vengeance of Varos is pretty violent and stuff. So this is like going through a violent stage. Yeah, especially like in the. Um, the space station sets. I mean, I think they used real sides of beef hanging in there. And I also, I also caught, which I didn't notice before, was that there was an espresso machine in the background that looked like very futuristic. And for that time, maybe. I thought, I thought the sets were the the studio sets were pretty decent for the space station, except for that little bicycle pump thing in the wall. Oh, yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's not bad. It wasn't um, bad. I mean, it's no, kind of realistic. And I think the, the sets of the uh, Hacienda matched the exterior locations pretty well, too. I thought this was a lot of good humor in this. I like when the doctor, the second doctor, is being wheeled around and stuff. And the whole... I'll give you a quick backstory. I think one of the reasons why you might like something, like a TV show or a series, especially this particular episode, is if you have a fond memory of how you watched it for the first time, this one in particular has better meaning for me for many reasons. When I watched this episode for the first time, it was at a convention, which 
normally I'd be like, I don't want to watch an episode at a convention because you have a bunch of people going, Ugh. but it's the first time I watched the episode and it was a Patrick Trout convention. So I met Patrick Trout in there. So that's another reason why I, I have an attachment to this. Also, it was a nighttime convention in New Hampshire. So we drove to get there. And when we got there, we waited in line for hours to get to open up, the, and we waited up for hours for autograph later on. But and then we sat down and we watched, had this episode, and we're watching it, and we were starving. We were so hungry. Oh no, this was all and about it food. It was all about food. They're sitting there <laughs> describing it while they're blah, 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 blah. and my and brother and his friend were rumble. There was, there was a diner. We ended up eating, but we were just like, oh my Did god. Did they serve humans there? Uh, <laughs> we were like. You know, let's get to the first restaurant and eat. <laughs> it's like so. Were you like shot guy and the second doctor at the restaurant? Yeah, eating we were like, like eighty thousand dollars worth of food. I liked when they got really chummy. I thought that was that was cool. funny. Yeah. Why am I thinking oh, yeah, about yeah. food? <laughs> it's like you know, is there a spare rat running around this convention hall? I would eat it, please. You know, but <laughs> but anyways, uh, so I have like a, a fond memories of watching it, and it's a different situation where I wasn't just sitting around watching it, but. Um, yeah, the first time I saw it was at a convention, but I think it was in Connecticut. Yeah. But um, also, it was written by Robert Holmes, so that's another plus, because he did a lot of good stories. Really? He didn't do this one a good... No. This yes, one's okay. Did. This one, I enjoyed this one because of that, yeah, that yeah. memory and stuff, but um, it's, a, it's an odd episode. I'm not the biggest fan of Jacqueline Pierce. No? You don't like... Serve a lot not, there from not Blake particularly. Seven. <laughs> she's okay. Pretty good. She's okay. I like Shock Eye. I don't know. Maybe people hate him, but I, 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 think, I liked I him. I think most of the cast are really good in this, apart from the Satanas, maybe. But I think they're pretty good. But I, I don't understand Oscar and the whatever. I, mean, I, I don't. They could be absent the from the story, and it would make no difference, you yeah. know. And uh, I mean, they were just. Too many characters. Well, they had to be there because that's where the doctor finds the cyanide that he uses to kill the. Oh yes, to kill. So they make two characters just so he can find something to kill. Yeah, he can have that great line. He's just desserts. Yeah. Um, and you know it's 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 funny how in Classic Who you know they make alien species that look exactly like humans except they put a little couple little things like they glue little rice krispies onto their head and give them like. Orange eyebrows. Then there are aliens. I like the idea of the sh of the, of the uh, androgums. Andrugums. Um, and, and there's so, a lot of things in this. Like I love the fishing scene at the beginning where they're like bantering back and forth. What I did notice, and it's never bothered me before, but it bothers me now, is Perry is so whiny in this episode, constantly asking questions. Now the companions always ask questions. Yeah. But she goes. Do we really have to? It's just like, why are they doing this? It's just like, it's more noticeable when I was watching it this morning. I was like, why? Why is it? Why didn't this not bother me before as much? Yeah. It bothered me more now. Like a bored child, it's like, well, go do something. Go, yeah. go off and play. And I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think she stays that way through the whole episode, but yeah. especially at the beginning where they needed a lot of story. The doctor needed to fill in the audience of what was going on, and it was sometimes it was. Stupid stuff too. I, I get it when when uh, Jamie comes in, you have to do a little more explaining with Jamie because Jamie's not supposed to know things because he's from a different time. But you know, and and that works good because then you can sit there and the doctor can explain simple math 
or simple science to to um, Jamie because Jamie wouldn't know what that is, but it's also explaining it to the audience, which, so it doesn't, that's why, going back full circle, that's why the Liz Shaw character didn't work well, because you have two characters that are smart, and so you can't sit there and explain mm -hmm. to the audience, because if he starts explaining basic science to Liz, Liz should be going, I know that, Doctor, what are you talking about, you know? That's one of the reasons they, they said they got rid of her, but... Another, another thing that, um... Obviously, there was nothing they could do about it because it's a, you know, tea time show. But, like, whenever Shockeye was preparing his prepping for, you know, eating a human, you know, he was, like, tenderizing Jamie with that machine and he's got his kilt on and his full... I mean, you, you don't, like, uh... Did you see something, Scott, that I, we didn't Well, see? no, I mean, you can't have a person unclothed, you know, in the show. But it was just... You it just seemed, like, silly because it was, like... He was gonna cook, and he goes to like make the first cut, and I mean they're fully dressed and stuff. I mean there's nothing they could do yeah. about that, but that just seems a little bit stupid. I, I would think that if if Perry was on the table, that's definitely an argument that I would yes. be supporting too. Yes. But come on, you gotta. The clothing can't taste good, but I'm sure the rest of it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. I, Despite Perry wasn't that annoying. Who? Perry, she wasn't that annoying in this one. I thought she was annoying at the beginning. I thought she was all whiny and everything. What did you think of her pastel blue capri shorts? Um, no she problem shorts. whatsoever. The top was fine, too. I had no problem with that whatsoever. <laughs> Stop commenting about it, please. <laughs> it was the 80s. I mean, it fit the style. She had, she had a lot worse. Uh, the, the the headband. Yeah, I mean, she didn't need the headband. That, uh, that definitely looked like, you know, she had just... Yeah, but um, <laughs> I thought they were. I thought Colin Beck was pretty good in this. Like, obviously, I'm, a, I'm biased toward Patrick Troughton and Fraser Hines. Um, you know, you kind of wish that they could do more. You know, but obviously, it, it doesn't make much sense. I don't know how old Patrick Troughton is, but he's not going to be running around like he was. That's why he was. A lot of times, he was sitting down. I don't think he was crippled to the point where he couldn't walk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he he couldn't do that. You know. When I count to three, run. Run! Yeah. Um, I, I think it worked really well as a story, and it didn't have that feeling that it was, like, forced on you, like an anniversary, like, we got, you know, two doctors in this, like the five doctors. You know, it seemed more like it just went into the timeline of, of the six doctors' adventures. Uh, it seemed like, a, you know... And I prefer that. I, I yeah. prefer they do that more often. Yeah. I, I don't want the specials. Right. I, I don't think this... I mean, Day of the Doc was pretty good... But the five doctors and, and you know... The three doctors. They're, they're just... Sometimes they're contrived to get to that point. Yeah. The five doctors was probably overblown, but... Um, no, it wasn't. Hmm? I like the five doctors. That's a good one. So, I, I had a friend who was looking at my uh, DVD collection on the shelf, and it was like, how come you have the three doctors, and then the five doctors, and then the two doctors? Shouldn't two doctors go before three doctors? I mean, I know you're really OCD about alphabetizing your DVDs, and I'm like, no, it's chronological. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, um, I thought there was a lot of good things in this. It's a very enjoyable episode. Um, I, um, like I said, very violent. Even the Sitaran coming out at the end was kind of like, jeez. Then his leg blows off and they show, 
This is all oh, that's yeah. left of him. It's like, oh, yeah. And it's just lingering. At, you know, like, here it is. You know, it's like, and, oh, wow, this is... Uh, and that poor old Spanish woman who yeah. gets killed. She gets killed with one chop. There. Dry and brittle. <laughs> and, you know, chopping into the meat. And, and a, lot of, a lot of it's not on screen. A lot of it's disgust and stuff like that. Like, you know, oh, you know, just the description of people dying and stuff like that. Even the doctor comes in and, oh, the smell of death, you know, and he goes on and on about it. And... Perry goes, I think I'm feeling sick, and I'm like, yeah, I think a lot of people are too, Perry. I think they're <laughs> with you, because they're really, I don't know if Robert Holmes was just going through a sadistic moment, or a period where he just felt like he wanted to, I'm trying to think, is that stuff really that violent? I don't, I don't remember, but. One, one scene I liked was them uh, shot guys, like, eating a watermelon, and you see the Sontar coming up from behind him, and he spits up the watermelon and throws it, and he's like, ah. I think he prefers meat. Yeah. He thought the rat was pretty good. Yeah. He threw that away, too. But it might be palatable. <laughs> yeah, if we smoke it. That was gross, too, because it's like... He's eating, he catches... The, he breaks the neck. Yeah, you hear the... And he breaks... It, I think you hear it. And then, and then he's eating it, and then he's holding it, and you can see a bite taken out of it. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> how do they do that? Because they usually don't do good with special effects. No, they don't. Maybe it was a real rat. <laughs> Here, get the cat, have the cat eat part of the rat, and then we'll just use that, you know. I'm sure it wasn't, but... And he never got to taste a Tellurian before he died. On his bucket list. And that was pretty funny, too, where he takes the, the, the moth-catching nut, yep. and then takes the cyanide... Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, that that was, was probably was... the most violent of all, because it's like a suffocating thing. And that's it's not just... characteristic of what the doctor Oh, yeah, does. yeah. Um, well, the doctor killing an somebody and then make... person in an acid. Oh yeah, that was yeah. earlier on. Yeah. So this is the season of the doctor killing everyone. The sort of Schwarzenegger esque little <laughs> little catchphrases at the end. Yeah, well, like, and Colin Baker. That's probably one of the reasons you don't like Colin. Maybe it's he does that a lot, like no arm and trying and, and this and that. And you know, you have to expect the doctor to be stomping on uh, moths or something in the field at the end of the episode. Yeah. He seems to be pretty. It's very liberal about taking life, you know, in this. And so I can see why some people wouldn't like him for that. I mean, but, you know, there is a, a lot of doctors do do that. They have this, you know, Pertwee probably is running, too, running around too fast to notice that he just, you know, <laughs> killing some guy behind him or whatever. Well, he and, shot an Ogron point blank one time yeah. you know, without even offering to let him surrender. And then, like, you know, Tom Baker, I think, had a little bit of uh, kind of like, ha, 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 you know, you just died or whatever. But I, th I think they slowed it down with Davison, but they definitely went back. <laughs> but, you know, even Peter Capaldi, you know, he had the, when it, when it has to happen, it has to happen type of attitude or whatever. And, or even in Capaldi's last season or the whatever one with the Into the Dalek where he just kind of, it's not doesn't care about it as much. Well, the top part is that guy. So if you want to yeah. say something, well, yeah, it's, it's, it reminds me of Colin Baker a little bit. Sort of that humor where he does he cares he cares so less about them that he can kind of make fun of them, which is. But it's so contradictory because then other times he's like, "Oh my God, Perry!" Yeah, or, like or, he was he he seemed like he seemed like you know sad when Oscar you know met his maker. The last curtain call. The only one. <laughs> and you would think, like, most of the doctors would be, like, thinking he was just some nobody, you know, some 
Yeah. You think he was the actor was a friend of Jonathan Turner who just wanted to go along? Probably, because I don't see him with uh, Anita. There's, uh, there's no way that he's, he's, you know, like, wait a minute. Yeah, this is an odd coupling. Well, Robert Holmes has done that, though. If I remember correctly, he has a tendency of bringing in characters that... And these they're used more more in this. So, but they has other characters that the double act. Yeah, the double act, and then like they maybe are developed to the point where it's like, oh, they're they're probably one, of, and then they, one of them dies or something. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe not. <laughs> well, they, they were in it more. You know, it wasn't like they were minor characters. Well, I hope she takes care of his moth collection. <laughs> so, I like the sitar music in this. Really yeah, the sitar music was good. Yeah. I think yeah, there's an isolated track on the DVD where you can just listen to that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> rock out in your car. Well, it's funny because I, I um, when I watch Doctor Who and you have those music moments, I, I then look for, I wanted an official, whose music was it? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Kef McCullough, that was later on. Whoever did the music, they did release a, a oh, limited edition was, uh, CD or something. And I, I Tom Peter, Glenn? Peter, Peter, oh, Howell. Peter Howell. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I have that actually. Yeah, it took. It it's took like a, a two, two, two or four discs. I think I think it's four yeah, discs. Yeah, somebody so, gave it to me. Yeah. I'd be happy to pass it along if anybody. Wants it. Yeah. I don't listen. I wouldn't listen back I, then. I listened to. I can't listen to it now. I would never listen to it. Yeah, I can't listen to Doctor Who music. I, I had the uh, the record album, mm -hmm. uh, Doctor Who the music that came out in the eighties. Yeah. It had the five Doctors on the cover. Let's see, Devil's music, the Warrior's Gate music, the it had all that stuff. Well, I love, I love the Earthshock. I can, I can listen to that now over and over again. But then there's the crazy music, like the Snake Dance. No, from Keeper Track in the wedding music is like, oh yeah. It's like, ugh, I get goosebumps. I have to turn it off. And that's why, like, when they came out with the music from the Tom Baker era, like Pyramids of Mars and. It all sounds the same to me, and I can't listen to it. It's, it's the same composer for both those stories, the uh, Pyramids of Mars and... Um, no, Terror of the Zygons and Seeds yeah. of Doom. It just... I don't know. But I thought this was a little more identifiable, uh, you know. And that's true of the new series, too. The new series has a lot of music that drones on. There's common themes that come up, the Doctor's theme, or earlier on, one of my favorites was the uh, the Face of Bow song that they played or whatever, which was, came to be sort of like a... A Doctor Who theme for what, like the main thing that you hear, and, and then you get sick of it after a while, and then they would stop playing it finally. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so we thought this was a good episode. This is something maybe you might. Yeah, I might like. watch it. Yeah, I, I think you might like it. I think it's there's a lot of things that remind me of the new series in terms of some of the humor that they do, the banter back and forth. I, I think there's. There's some good stuff in this. Um, it's a long episode, but um, like, like the beginning part, I thought moved really well. But then I, I suddenly realized after the first 45 minutes or longer, they're still on the space station. When do they actually get to Seville? It's just so weird how they just kind of spend so much time up there. There's a lot of talking back and forth, you know, like ooh, it's getting hot in here. Okay, well, I could definitely see where they wanted it to last six episodes they could have made it made it for. I guess that's true with anything. Yeah. Except for Ambassador's Death. We all knew that that was well paced and perfectly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, anyway. Okay, thanks for listening. <laughs>